0: Submission Coalition Podcast Number Seventy Two, with the head owner, instructor, the main dude of the Birdhouse Combat Club, and the newest member of the Pedigo Submission Fighting Team, Jeremy Bird. All right, that that little recording light—that's important. We've uh, failed that a couple times. Mm. Uh, yes. <laughs> learn the hard way have to read the little thing maybe if uh okay you have time yeah 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 But and if, if we're even lucky to um you know some of the people who are listening right now uh, this isn't going out live we, we put this stuff out later although we hardly ever edit anything yeah. um so but yeah we did uh we did uh we we consider ourselves right now to be two striped white belts in any of this <laughs> stuff <laughs> um,
1: media stuff we had three
0: stripes <laughs> um but we lost one of them yeah, we, we, we got to like I said, we were, uh, we did an interview, man. It was awesome. We uh, we got, you know, it was, uh, we were talking with Hannette uh, Stack. It was it started off as a rough interview, not easy. You know, every question was like, you know, ask a question. I know the stuff, like, don't ask open questions, don't ask closed ones, don't ask yes or no's, get explained. And so the first, like half hour of it was tough. I mean, it was like, like barely asking, you know, barely answering things of that nature. But by the time we got to the end, she was actually giving us some pretty cool stuff about like her first, her first times at uh, ADCC and uh, actually being roomed with her opponent. Like, that'd be like, weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know we
1: try to be all friendly and like it's just competition, but that's, that's going to be a uh, little hard. <laughs> yeah. A
0: little, little hard on that one. Um, actually, one of these days, I'll get an actual studio. But that's still uh, awesome. Got the ladies getting ready to get some training in. So, but uh, so yeah, this is our submission coalition. I mean, it looks just like regular, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, yeah, you know, it started off with uh, uh, just you know, means the guys. Usually after training, we would sit in the lobby after uh, after hours and just shoot She's the mad. shit. And one day, somebody was like, "Dude, you re- you should record that." You like, know, and yeah, why not? I, uh,
1: you know, some of my students have talked about like, um, and, and you see it all these other bigger academies and stuff like the, the, the match chat and like the talk afterwards, it's probably some of the most favorite thing that people have. Oh, like they put in the time, some of them less, some of them more, you know, whatever they funny yeah. you know, they don't, but still everybody seems to like not everybody. There seems to be a real small group of people that really love that mat time talk afterwards. They'll do it all day yeah, if you let them. Yeah. You know, they'll be here hanging out. Oh,
0: and, and that will be. And, uh, uh, that, that's why sometimes we're <laughs> not here. even technique based or anything. Just it's everything. That's why, like, I find a find roll is roughly about nine o'clock. Sometimes we'll be here till ten thirty. 30. my wife is like, no, no, no. We gotta go. We gotta get out of here. Like food. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> like right. Bad uh, otherwise, I, I literally will. Because that that's my history. I mean, my my instructor and I, when we first hooked up together, god yeah, this 20, coming up on 30 years ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, we would train. i come in for the kids class, come in for the adult class, training would be done, and then we'd sit, talk, train a little bit, talk, train, talk, train. Next thing we know, it's 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's gone. You know, yeah. And, but that, that was some of the best training, but some of the best experiences. I you know I liked because uh, you yeah, know it was just it was just fun. You know it was I, uh, no expectations, just
1: and you if you know like Eli Knight or whatever yeah. he's on social media like crazy and all that stuff, and he always answers like everybody's uh, uh, questions as best he can. And everything I don't know how he finds time, but I used to take up a lot of his time like after classes. Yep. I was that guy that just stuck around, like talking his ear off. Like I didn't know anything about anything at that point. It was just like me being white belt and just talking my ear, well, you know, then, talk like, his ear off until nine fifteen after class. So I love, I've got, he was so patient, man.
0: I got some of my, uh, my cerebral assassins, you know, that, that they, these are the guys that, I mean, damn, I've got, I look at them. I look at how much time I've got in sport and I look at them, the way they study, the way they, you know, look up competitions and, and analyze matches and things of that nature. And I'm going, damn, I'm like, you know, I went this speed and I mean, I'm a classic car and they're, they're, you know, they're a new, these these new breeds have a,
1: have nitrous and and everything else. I've got the internet and instructionals at, at their whim. And, you know, once they, once, once these guys learn enough Jiu-Jitsu, especially if they have an athletic background, like uh, you give them some basic principles of how to use the, Techniques they're seeing on the DVDs and all that I stuff, and like it's like all of a sudden you're like, where did you learn that? I didn't show you that. What? Well, like, oh, I've been watching Craig Jones and Gordon for three hours. Yeah, and they're, and they're, they're asking so- questions, <laughs> you know, and they're like,
0: they're like, oh, you know, well, I just watched this, and you know, and like they're throwing out. So when I started, um the only Japanese I knew came from not Jujitsu. I mean, the Japanese terminology was not associated with jiu-jitsu i i knew it from the little bit i did judo the the, the training i did in Okinawan gojuru things of that nature but there was zero japanese terminology in relationship to the study of brazilian jiu-jitsu zero um so they're you know now now with uh donna her and, and a bunch of that stuff and they're like throwing out stuff and i'm like okay show me Got
1: my like, if I hear, uh, if I hear Ajirami, like I'm automatically like single ax. I don't, know, like, I, yeah. I don't know. I try to find ways to do it, you know, where
0: people understand what I'm saying. So. Okay. I mean, yes, okay. ma'am, what's your for Timer. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, can you guys keep it down in there? We're we'll recording. Try. We'll try. <laughs> <laughs> that's, we'll right, close, that's why I close. That's why I close your door on you. As long as we're having fun, you know? yeah. So,
1: so, so what got you in martial arts? What was your... Uh... Oh, man. I'm one of the classic stories that, like, I, uh, I actually, you know, uh, grew up on hoist when I was younger, uh, to be honest with you. Um, so, like, I was watching... Um, uh wwe and wwf vhs tapes like i would walk to the movie hut like i was a single child living in a single mom home and stuff like that so not a whole lot to do been in been kentucky in the middle of uh you know not a whole lot of population in kentucky you know uh, that's so, a liquid death
0: not a beer yeah
1: <laughs> stuff's good man but uh so like i don't know just trying to find ways to uh you know keep myself occupied i'd go rent wwf and wwe stuff and like there was right. a you know, uh, fighting too much of my life and in then there wasn't boxing or wrestling or there was a couple of karate places, but you know, those were a little bit out of our budgets and stuff. So you really get too much of a chance to do that stuff. But, uh, I watched uh hoist, I think where I was probably 11, 10 or 11. I just ran out of WWE stuff. Like, I got right, tired right. of watching it and I'm like, what's this UFC stuff? So I picked up UFC one and two tapes and like went back home to watch. I was like, I, did, I still don't to this day understand that I knew what I was watching whenever I watched that, right. but I just knew like uh that's different and so like uh and then a few years later i was offered to do jiu-jitsu by like a guy that owned a gym his name was Derek perry um and uh it didn't work out i was gonna like clean his gym for him and start learning jiu-jitsu with him 17 years later like i finally get the opportunity financially and all that stuff to work you know work it out and where i can uh, train and uh i started going to uh three rears martial arts academy in uh, paducah and uh, my buddies uh finally got me on the mats i was powerlifting at the time finally broke away from that and uh Whenever I started, um, it was just, uh, my very first class was Derek Perry, the, the guy that tried to get me to start 13, you know, okay. 17 years ago, rather, you know what I'm saying? So, right. um, it's kind of sad, you know, you don't, you can't change anything, but it's like, man, what if I would have been able to start 17 years ago yeah. and stuff, knowing that like I started when I was like 30, you know, Yeah, I had like... to change that.
0: I had to change that. I, um, cause I mean, for, for mine, I mean, I, I didn't do any grappling arts till I was probably about 23, mm. um, yeah, I graduated from the police academy in 1991. That puts me at 19 years old, um, but that went my whistle because um, the uh, I found out that some of the guys that were my TAC officers in the academy were actually friends with my actual go instructor, yeah. and and so uh, some of those relationships carried on after the uh, police academy. But that was my first uh taste of like hands on. I mean other than just punching and kicking.
1: Yeah, like, grappling. Like, like, like right.
0: Um, yeah, I dabbled in a little like keto and things of that nature, but there's a big difference between wrist locking somebody and actually like subduing like yeah. Like the pain uh, compliance maneuvers and things of that nature. And uh and so my mind starts to go into that, you know. What if you know? Because I, I had friends that wrestled in high school, and they all tried to get me to wrestle and everything else, and I was just, I was like, nah, that's not my deal. It wasn't for the reason like most people, you know, they they're like, no, I, you know, that the singlet's gay or this or that. That was never my. I just for whatever reason, I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but I look back now, and golden ticket. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, man, I wish I did. Yeah. And but the part that that switched for me though was I, it it changed though cuz i used to be like man how good would i be now if i did that then mm-hmm. and now i'm like i'm like i don't even care i'm like i just have so much fun doing this it's kind of like finding out that a food that you, you shied away from because mm-hmm. you thought you didn't it's like goal. it. Like, it's now, like, and then how, you find wrong. out it was amazing and you're like, oh my God, I could have been, mm-hmm. you know, my whole life I could have been doing Enjoying this. this yep. And and that, that's kind of where I'm at now. It's like, man, it's just, I, I know it, it would have made me better, but, you know, just knowing where my passion is is now and has been for, for damn near 30 years is damn, I mean, I, I could have been Yeah. And you think like,
1: it's, it's, it's hard to get that out of your head. The shoulda, coulda, would woulda's And like, how would I have been? So, you know, the only way I've like been able to kind of remedy for myself is like now, like I've been able to like have this opportunity. Like I'm a coach of a pedagogy team now. It's like, those things that I didn't offer, before, I wasn't offered right. in, in the, the things that I couldn't afford, for, yeah. Yeah. you know, from, because my mom couldn't afford it. And, right. Um. You know, what if I can get that done for those kids, you know, like, you know, if I can just reduce the the amount of kids that had it like me, right. that, that's yeah. the goal now for me. Yeah. Not necessarily like, oh man, I wish I would have been a world champion because I would have had wrestling and all that right. stuff. I probably won't ever be a world champion. I wouldn't that's gone. <laughs> but, you know, maybe at least I can like, Benefit others to become world champions, exactly. and not have that same outlook where you're like, man, I wish I would have had those opportunities. Yeah. I think giving kids opportunity for
0: success is like the yeah. key to everything. No, know, I was just, love, so. I was just like, man, I mean, I was like, you know, like, like imagine, you know, whatever's your favorite thing in life. Let's say it's chocolate ice cream. Unless you've for the longest time you stayed away from it because you didn't think you liked it, and then all of a sudden somebody, you know, I'm was like, hey, check ice this ice out. And you're like, what's that? And you're like, that's chocolate ice cream. You're like, fuck. Why did I not? (laughs) Yeah. Why did I not? My friends let Um, me down on that one. Yeah, and then same thing. So when uh, when we opened up, you know, our academy, uh, that was always in my mind, though, to be honest with you. Uh, Just I never at that time period, jujitsu was not the art. You know, when I first started, it was taekwondo and karate and things of that nature. And so I always had it in the back of my mind. I wanted to do my own school, and then it's kind of funny how jujitsu. Just jiu-jitsu and MMA specifically just completely replaced all of that. I still love uh I haven't trained Taekwondo in geez, 25 years. Um I still train Goju uh every once in a while, but nothing, nothing consistent. Mm-hmm. I still have a love for it though, but I and I find myself going back to it
1: a little bit. Is more. it the love that you go back to? You just enjoy it. Yeah, you know, what it is. And I miss you I miss certain things.
0: because well, I use all uh, I, I use concepts and everything I, I learned from it quite a bit when I'm teaching MMA and things of that nature. I mean, because a roundhouse kick is a roundhouse kick is a roundhouse kick. I mean, it's there's subtle differences, but it doesn't seem to matter if it came from Muay Thai mm-hmm. or Goju or or you name it. I mean, the like, same hip movements and the mechanics. It's kind it of like, like, it like when you look at Jiu Jitsu, you look at you know, like an arm bar. I mean, the arm bar was also there in Judo, the mm-hmm. arm bar is also there. And then, yeah. and then there's, you know, we, we see little, little tweaks that, that show up because of rule changes, um, you know, things of that nature. But I mean, for the, for the most part, it's still based on the same foundation. So when I'm doing MMA, I'm using a lot of concepts from Goju and what I've been finding in more is when I'm talking to people and, and I'm teaching, you know, when they're, when they're like, man, that that's cool. Where, where'd you learn that? And the more I'm I'm going well, yeah, because of this, this, and this, the more I'm going, man. I need to, you know, I kind of miss it a little bit, you know. I guess that kind of goes back into why we
1: crossbreed information all the time. Yeah, it's it's, like, we're both like kind of like the old cross training sure. information, and all that stuff. Because you like even between different sports, you see like right. things, how they help each other. You know, oh, yeah, like our, the,
0: uh, the me working boxing helped out my wrestling. Like you right, know, yeah, exactly, uh, so. and, and that blows people's minds because mm-hmm. I I tell them right off the bat, I'm like six months of jujitsu made me a better striker. They're like, no, right. No, no, no. It was so visceral that because jujitsu is such a hands-on, such a tangible thing, that certain concepts were so much easier to learn um within there, like you know, how, how to to block out uh, uh an angle or something like that because it's it's physical, it's tangible. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the striking arts. In space it's in space yeah. right and and that dorm window opens and closes so quickly that it, it was it was really you know so same thing like and, and that's right and they're like no it doesn't work that way yeah. it doesn't work that way and I'm like dude I'm telling you I mean okay how about this my training partners my sparring partners were telling me how much of a difference was happening yeah. so it's not it's not my belief system it's the people I was sparring that were going dude what are you doing? Why is that different? Like, yeah. Because, you, you know, you went from being, you know, maybe maybe I was like, you know, the the third down or whatever to suddenly the guys yeah, couldn't touch me. Yeah. Um, and they were they were they were noticing a huge difference. And then I also find myself using karate in jujitsu a lot, like awesome. a ton um my paper cutter chokes are different than anybody else i've ever trained with the way i do them the way i enter them and everything else and they're like what is that i'm like that's agiuke huh. well, i'm from, gonna have to figure that out <laughs> I'm like well i'm like that's agiuke from okay, that's from goji i mean i'm like just certain ways you know, I'm like like the way i enter into certain things the way the way, you know, like I can dump my hips. I've always been able to, you know, to do very rapid hip changes in yeah. that nature. And that's probably from doing tens of thousands of kicks, yeah. you know, and Goju does. We do exercises where we do like sabaki drills and things of that nature. It's all fast Just hip twitch, twitch movements. And so I find myself in like, like uh, scissor sweeps. I'm like, dude, that's a roundhouse. That's what we call mawashi. When, when the knee drags across the chest and the foot hooks into the hip, One kicks under and one kicks over. I'm throwing a roundhouse through your body. Yeah. You know, and that's where I I tell people all the time. I'm like, I'm like through here, you know, I'm going to frame up and I'm going to throw an elbow, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to throw an elbow up through your, through your throat, through your neck, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm throwing strikes throughout my game, even though they're not strikes, but I'm using the same motions, the same, the same type of positions, the same type of leverage um yeah, because like if
1: you're if your hips are not placed right and your your punches out here your hips not falling and stuff like that it's going to be a terrible right.
0: frame or a terrible yeah right yeah you know, and then like 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 you know when you're coming up like uh we call one like a motivator sweep or the like you come in you crunch the shoulder and then you're prying that elbow <laughs> yeah. up so through here my my body alignment is the the same way i would do it if i was throwing an elbow in in goju yeah. or or in muay thai or same thing like i said scissor sweeps i mean yeah, it's kind you, of taught you that, that physical uh the mechanic yeah. ability of your body working right together. So, so i can tell people like look i'm using striking throughout jiu-jitsu constantly it's just you would never call the strike because we're in physical contact now it's a push but the mechanics are the same you would still have the same form, just not, same not form. You're just holding that form instead of actually striking right. that form. And then and then there's certain pieces that I do. Like we had Dean Lister in here. We were doing some uh, some straight ankle locks. And he's like good one to learn from. And he comes in and he's like, he's like, all right. So from here, he's like, I take the bone in the wrist and I come in and I do this. And I'm I'm looking at it going, that that's pretty much exactly or similar to how I do it. And then as he comes around. I was helping out another group, you know, getting them in the position and then I was doing one and he looks at it and he goes, he goes, that's not quite the way I was doing it. He goes, but that's cool. <laughs> and, and so when he, he goes, show me that, and he, it, but it's so subtle. It's so small um, that the way he was doing it was a, a direct compression and mine, like when we're doing uh, like compression arm bars where you're you're running your wrist across the elbow and everything else so i use a technique i call cut and filet so you know you take the bone you cut over to expose the elbow but mine is not a direct compression i scoop Um, as i as i come in so i do the same thing on the ankle as i come in i put the bone put the wrist into the
1: rotate in, in then
0: i scoop yeah um you know and things of that nature now those were all things i got from other arts yeah you know i, I nobody's ever shown me that in say like jujitsu or the like you know to me like that was things from like goju and aikido and, and, and other stuff
1: so check this out there was a there was a guy that was really good at guillotines i ran into two of them and it was hilarious yeah. both of them came from the diaz camp places yeah. like both of them coincidentally like I was like, man, why are you guys like, you feel like this other guy ran into about guillotines. Uh, <laughs> I was like, and he was just all over my head, nonstop. Couldn't stop the guillotines yeah. from like coming in. And some of the tightest, best guillotines I've ever felt in my life. And this is like probably three years ago. And then I met some guy at 10 Plant Jacksonville a few years, like a year and a half ago that was like having that, Right. Same feel. Ironically enough, same camp. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Same little bitty differences. Right. Little things. You know, and, and like they both came from learning the guillotines the same way. Yeah. Just little super subtle differences. I made it, made it that I made that visible. I've been in a thousand yeah. guillotines. I've tapped to them, you know, whatever. Yeah. But why are those different? And they came from the same. Like, and, I, I, and I felt, I felt so like, weird. like same thing when
0: I'm doing like uh, lapel chokes mm-hmm. and the like. So I come in, I set the lapel. Now, you know, when I'm coming in again, I use that, that structure yeah. that bone a lot you know coming in set it in and then then the wrist rotates in things of that nature and again it's most of those most of that type of conceptual type stuff um whether it was the bone here or whether you're blading on the other side things of that nature i got a lot of that stuff dialed in from traditional karate from aikido from a bunch of other stuff is that's like
1: the hardest point where
0: you, you and, know, we were where
1: you striking with or anything right i guess right well i mean you have
0: you have a lot of, of different you know techniques that that you know that when you come in it's kind of like if you look at like some of the old boss root and stuff mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> so so go goju as a term means hard soft so go goju mm-hmm. actually if you look at it there's a lot of grappling in goju itself even though it's a stand-up martial art it, there's a lot of infighting there's a lot of pummeling, elbows, knees. It's, it's a tight art. It's not it's not your long range art. It's not your, your
1: you know you're in that red zone,
0: like and Korea. and so there's a lot of that in fighting type stuff. Yeah. which realistically speaking, take that, drop it down. You know, you know as uh, as uh, Craig Jones calls it, you know the <laughs> <laughs> so came And and yeah, it's 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 one of those things. So I find that that, that like you said that cross training of because I mean, the human body really, I mean, come on, we can only do so many things with the human body, you know? So it really comes down to the gross motor skill stuff that we learn. Everybody's got it. It's its the minor details, the intricacies, the intricacies things of that nature, like same thing. Uh, I did Western fencing for about three years. Mm-hmm. My defense was altered dramatically because of Western fencing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, when, when, because in, in that sport, I mean, it's all, it's all pokey pokey, you know, you've got your foils, which is all just poking and then you got sabers, which is slashing. So when it starts off, it's just foils, just poking. Okay, But, you know, the, the blade is X amount long or whatever the tip is. Yeah, and yeah. so when they're poking, you know, you can either, you know, which now you have to make sure that if I, if I'm defending, I have to defend you. But I have to keep my blade pointed at you, otherwise, because it yeah, you know, can only point. Like, it has to be straight. It has to be straight. So when you're defending, if you defend like this, if it points way out here. Good luck counter striking. So uh, and then, I mean, your defense. I don't know that anybody's ever really thought
1: about fencing that whole yeah. effect. You know where it like it does like, like it, if you block wrong. And like it. same thing through here.
0: Your 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 defense is only about six to eight inches wide. That's it. That's all the defense will do. If it goes past that, you're, you're putting too much. And one wrong mistake over-exaggerates. Over-exaggerates. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're, now you're behind. You're trying to catch up and with that nature. So your defense is just a small motion out keeping the tip of your blade on your, on your target. So it really tightened up my defense in that regard. Cause I was trying to realize I'm like, man, in my standup striking, my blocks are just way too big you know, and then it started my concept, uh, or not my concept, but my, my, uh, my personal on counter-strike exact yeah. nature of going, man, I, I'm blocking, but this is why I can't, my, why, you know, why my counter strikes suck, you know, it's because when I'm blocking, I'm, I'm not in good positions to then launch my own counter-strike because in fencing, I'm taking my weapons off target. Yeah. And so that all started to tighten me up. And again, it's, is, I, yeah, that's I, a great. Like, I, yeah, I, make it's a, awesome. I make a saying to uh, to my team every once in a while. Saying, "You know, as a coach, I mean, there's times where I see something I would like them to do. Okay, and there's times where, you know, for for whatever reason, uh, my voice is not carrying the message the way I would like it to. Okay, so imagine, like in jujitsu, you're learning something and it's just not carrying the message you would like it to. It <laughs> <laughs> and then Somebody else says it, and ding's home. Ding, that's it. So, so realistically speaking, for me, the message was there, but it took it took this other messenger to, to really get me to understand it and hone it in. Yeah, yeah, when things of that nature, you know. And then, obviously, uh, as I talked to some people, your origin seems to dictate a lot of 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 how you look at things. So, if you're a wrestler. And you see somebody come in onto a body lock and under hook step in and throw. Mm-hmm. Okay, in wrestling, you're like that's wrestling. A judoka is going to look that and go, man, you're doing judo. And you're mm-hmm. like, I've never done judo. All I've ever done is wrestling. Yeah, I mean, and actually, if we want to, you know, if people want to look at the histories of things, I mean, come on, wrestling is, I mean, his, historically speaking. Wrestling is, is you know, as old king, as, as you can it's, get. Yeah, it's I mean, grandfathered all of it. But, yeah. but it depends on your origins. Where did you see it from first? Where did you learn it from first? Yeah. You know, that seems to make a big uh, a big impact on each people. You know, when the reality is, it's like, you know, like it's been there. It's been a long time. Yeah. You know, you just found it in judo or you found it in jujitsu or you found it in wrestling. Right. But then you look at the way a judoka does it. And you go oh, there's a little twist. It's a little little tidbit. are different. Little tidbit that I didn't have before. That as the rules change, right? You you alter to to adapt to well, that. That's kind of like a, you,
1: you look at like a you know if we look at the jiu-jitsu world, we look at like the priority differences. If like a. A uh, sub-only culture right. versus a uh, culture, like based on like priorities of points or yeah, and I, know, I have like my own opinions for. about the whole sub-only
0: thing. Yeah. I mean yeah. I don't think it yielded what they thought it was going to. Um in, in concept, it was amazing in the beginning. The the idea was that without the point structure, that people would become more aggressive and they would go after the submissions more. And they, fact, they didn't and they did in the beginning, but having no rules is still a rule. Having no penalties is still a rule. And so anytime you have a rule set, it is the competitor's responsibility to gain every advantage allowed within that rule set. If they don't, I'm sorry, but you're not competing. Yeah, Not competing to the fullest. And the sub only guy started to realize that Against people who were potentially better than them, that it was that aggressiveness that was getting them caught. Yeah. So they slowed down, um, and then, unfortunately speaking, overtime is has kind of become more the norm in the sub only genre, um, because ultimately it didn't uh, it didn't yield the aggressiveness that they thought it would. Yeah. Um, and then, same thing when uh, uh, we, we've had conversations here in the gym quite a bit about uh, so when Eddie. Eddie Bravo at EBI, then it was saying, hey, so we're gonna pay for submissions in regulation. Okay. And that was supposed to also be the huge incentive to become more aggressive because you're only gonna get paid for the submissions you land in regulation. okay? But what was more important to the competitor? Winning. Winning, right. And so the idea of taking a chance and becoming overly aggressive and ultimately losing because of that aggressiveness, versus going, you know what? There's 60 seconds left in this match. Let's go to overtime. And then you start seeing people prep for overtime. Yeah, it, happens. Um, it happens for sure. And 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 so ultimately, and some people are
1: extremely good at those
0: overtime. Yeah, it's like extremely. Good. So it, it's interesting to me that, unfortunately, in my opinion, that that genre started to become. What it was developed to combat originally, mm-hmm. stalling, the concept of stalling points. You know, you know, guy gets up on two and rides those two points to to victory.
1: Now somebody um, always just get him out even though there's no points yeah. and then it, right
0: yeah. you know, and you So got your,
1: you've got your guys that will, but you got like, exactly. a lot of, a lot of and, and that's that the thing. You'll always have your guys so that will. So.
0: You always have your guys whether it's it's a uh, points based or sub only. You'll always have, and I think actually it's the vast majority of people go for the kill. Mm-hmm. They they go in, they want to win by that submission. Yeah. Um, but man, I'm sorry, but your opponent has a big say, you know. Over, <laughs> I mean, come on, even Gordon Ryan got to win by advantage, you know, to win one of his uh, championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, like your opponent has a say in uh, in how easy they're going to go down or if
1: they're going to go down at all. And I mean, um, if they're also playing super conservative that goes back to your point you know what i'm saying in but, order not to get subbed then they're gonna be like stalling it out and just trying to hold position not let their elbows come out or but then you, know.
0: you get but then you get the uh what was the metamorphs match brendan schaub versus mm. cyborg was it cyborg yeah where schaub just refused to engage well there was the uh i mean there's the craig jones versus uh
1: oh my gosh the big jack dude um Leg Locker got kicked out, like, banned from the UFC forever. Oh, Harris. So, yeah. You know, did you, you watch that match? With yeah. Craig's like, it just done nothing for, like, 20. Was, right. How long was that match? 15 minutes or just nothing? Right. So, you know, um, you know, again, sub only, you know, it can, have, uh, you can have good matches exactly. where people are actually hunting it. And then, you know, and then what we're seeing now is, like, what's the point of wrestling in sub only? Right. Right? So, like, I teach my guys wrestling all the time. We wrestle every day right. because I want them to make sure they have that. But if we're talking, like, competition for sub only. Right. Stop our sitting. You know. let's get to the business uh, that we're here for. You Stop know, like because by the time you're actually wrestle, 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 you've now spent five minutes wrestling. By the time you get to the ground, you're exhausted, right. and yep. you know it's it's over. So it's like you're seeing even, even you know people are trying to figure out how not to get their heads caught in wrestling and all that stuff now. Right. The the dynamic of wrestling I see is like kind of from what you know you're yeah. and I know that's not very many, but like you yeah, your opinion on that? But it's um the wrestling for jiu wrestling for grappling is kind of changing it's like everybody's yeah. more like greco judo upper body stuff right now right but what's that going to do it's going to limit how many shots are taken how many right. necks are grabbed all that stuff so it's going to stall out even more in an effort to not get subbed yeah you know um so like, well and, and take away the points to take down there's no incentive to do it you know so it's like right you know it's we're getting these matches now it's uh you know it's I tell my guys like if they're competing at a small event or something like that after the first minute if the wrestling's not happening if you, if it's just gonna be yeah. let's do well, well, and let's, that's, and that's let's assuming like that
0: that's assuming that your opponent even lets you yeah. yeah because there there's a lot that literally as soon as they say go run out to the center and sit yeah and just sit and then the sub only genre they don't even have to make a connection yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, like I mean you have to actually like you know they can literally just sit now again. But it's it's again it's up to the competitor though to fully exploit the rule system for that victory. You can't so hate on it if they're doing. You can't work. hate on it if if it's allowed within the rules. Then, then they're they're competing in that rule set. There's nothing set. wrong with that. 100%. Exactly. And actually, I, I I I go to the point where I actually say it's their responsibility to say these are the skills I bring to the table, and here's my best way to to apply to them.
1: Show them and, and,
0: yeah. And unfortunately, though, I think the sport uh, has done a, uh, I don't know what called it, service, but they mix effectiveness and entertainment. And they're not the same.
1: But it's going to be really hard. I think of being, uh, man, who was on, uh, it was like a podcast I listened to in there. It, it just maybe it was Hickson. Maybe it was Hickson's podcast, the last one he was on, right. Rogan. And it was like just trying to find an actual rule set that really sh- like is jujitsu like what we actually right got into this for originally not you know like how do we make it a competitive environment for actual jujitsu people right in that kind of like going back to like fighting i guess you know like well, you but, know the original but route, again you know, the problem but, is though is, but you can't do that for everybody you know, you can't even really do
0: and then no time limits all that stuff even too. even mma has evolved under one concept to make it more exciting yeah that's why you have stand-ups and and if the action is not they stand them up Mm -hmm. i mean that's a severe disadvantage to the ground entertainment's killing like the actual purpose of it and so unfortunately though you'll hear people say well this is more effective it's like no it's not uh as as an effectiveness they're like, well, well it's, it's, it's got weight. Well, the fact that it has more fans does not mean it's more effective. The, the, the two are not connected to each other at all. Mm-hmm. Because if and you see it, I mean, it happens whether it's no gi or gi, uh, I will admit it happens more in gi because of the friction and the grips and everything else. Less movement. There's <laughs> way less movement. People are like, I'm watching this. <laughs> but but there's there's a severe reason why most Grapplers are not fans of their own sport. <laughs> it's boring to watch. <laughs> they, man. It's... they love to do it, but to watch it, um, they wait until the match means something. Yeah. You know, they wait till it's a big match or something of that nature, but no nobody's going. You're not seeing people like actually spectating IPJGF World. So no. like, you know, like and and or copas, crowd, or nagas, more copas, or
1: you know, people watch their, the people that they know, right. people that they care about, but otherwise they're not sitting around, unless you're just absolutely studying the game like a doctor yeah. person, you're not actually like, but then the for is, nobody's
0: doing it in MMA either. You know, no, nobody's, we, we were, I was just talking with Richard Cox, uh, the uh, matchmaker, and, and, and one of the one of the main guys in uh, combat night. And- Good program for what I tell do. On it. So you go to a uh, combat night and just like virtually any of them, Find me a person in that building that doesn't have a direct connection to one of the fighters. Okay. Good luck. Yeah. Go to the UFC. Okay. Now find me a person in that building that has a direct connection. Okay. Out of 17,000, 20,000 people in that arena, you know, few. 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 Yep. Go to a combat night. Everybody's and there for their homies. Everybody's there for their homies. Okay. <laughs> very few people even though they, they support their friends and everything if else they're not a part of that that group they're not watching exactly. very few people are going to an event just to watch even though they have nobody on yeah. that card. I mean very few people true. I mean they're almost all connected and and that's that I think is part of the part of the thing is, is you know unfortunately speaking, I mean there's in order to make a rule set that will be entertaining enough, we have to stop the conversation of this version's more effective or this, this version's more real or whatever, because the moment we make it for entertainment value, it all changes. Yeah. I mean, it all changes the efficiency and all that just kind of byproduct. Um, So now what brought
1: you to Florida? uh, Man, I actually had a, uh, um, you know, tragic event that uh, my stepfather passed away um, and it was just all of a sudden, um pack up and move to Florida and take care of mom. You know, I'm a yeah. single mom single child and she was my only you know right uh, right right you know um which of course I have my in my son but again they're 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 all in the other room but uh so you know like uh got a uh, brought in for uh you know that sort of thing it's like uh turn into a, a blessing you know it the life's been great ever since you know and I was actually I was actually about to move to uh, Franklin Tennessee and stuff like that we were able, like so we were already on the way to moving out of Kentucky and stuff like that got oh, gotcha and whenever my stepfather passed away it was like time to take care of mom and and uh some other stuff and there was a lot of that went into it and everything so it's just been a mix since we got down here and right. it just seems like it's just been on a treadmill running at full speed since we got yep. I love it it's beautiful and it's all worked out really well
0: but uh, but that's how we got down here. man. Florida has been different. Um, Florida, like the entire state of Florida is, uh, um, I'm going to compare it to Las Vegas. When you go to Las Vegas, there are so many people who are actually from Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. The, the the town itself, when you go there, it's like, you know, everybody's wearing a name badge. Like, I'm so-and-so from Casper, Wyoming. You know, when, uh, when I first came out, we, we moved out here about 13 years ago from California. And you know, I, I think, I think right now, I mean, I think I, I know maybe about fifty people that are native Floridians. Yeah. I mean, every, everybody is from from pretty much somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, and it's it's interesting, especially because uh, uh, one of the guys was like, you know, put a post out there the other day. It was like, you know, it's like we should make it a thing. Like, if you're gonna move to Florida, you gotta you gotta beat like three three Floridians. And I'm like. Good luck finding them. I mean,
1: <laughs> good luck finding the actual people from Florida. Right. Yeah. I was uh, working for an apartment community. I lived here, actually, I uh, lived in Ocala about 13 years ago. And I worked for an apartment community. And so, like, my job was kind of asking how their day was, where they're from, and all that stuff. And I probably had a total of, like, five people Right. that were actually from Ocala. Yeah. And i I I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of yeah. people, probably five people from Ocala during that whole entire thing. From Florida, probably 10. You know right. what I'm saying? Yep. Like, it wasn't very many. Oh, it was crazy. Like I didn't yeah. realize how many people migrated, and it's only growing. Like Florida's blowing up right yeah. now. There's so many people moving in. There yeah,
0: it. especially with uh, with COVID, and, and I mean, the Florida renovation. being a little bit more open. Although Texas is uh, is taking a big uh, influx too. Yeah. Um. You know, especially with the Rogan podcast. I mean, every it sounds like every person he's interviewing. Tell oh man, you gotta move here. Yep,
1: <laughs> well, and then you got like for us jiu jitsu people, uh, you know, that's kind of turning into a jitsu mecca, as yeah. Well that's good. Hopefully, we're gonna have a jitsu mecca around this area too. But it looks like Austin's trying to take off, you know, you, right. You've got B team, Donaher and uh, which weirdly,
0: you I mean, got uh, he, they they, you they you got both playing off. off to the same, yeah,
1: to the same area. I mean, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I guess you know, they both, I guess they probably all had plans to move there and then the split happened right i don't know like, i don't yeah, know maybe that's what i don't have any clue but that's that's the moment um but yeah man we ended up down here and uh it's you know i don't know it's been a it's been a fun time we love florida and every it seems like every time we leave the house there's always something new or yeah. awesome to see yeah. um and where i'm from in kentucky it's you know maybe i you know everybody probably feels about that same way about their hometown and home state and all that stuff. It's just kind of like, eh, it's just like, you're used to it. Right. Maybe a yeah. chocolate a cake you haven't had forever. You know, thing going back to earlier, but it's like, um, I don't know, man, uh, even living here 13 years ago from living you know to now it's like this is just such a better experience and maybe it's because i've met my family here i think so i mean it's probably the biggest part of it you know i'm getting experience florida with them instead you right know? but uh and maybe i just appreciate life more this time around I'm much i'm older and right. life a little bit more but uh still man just awesome down here and uh you know kentucky just kind of just not much growth ever happened in there you know especially where we were at it was kind of like once you're kind of locked in somewhere, yeah, you just, yeah, it, it, you're you're going to be doing that for the next forty or fifty years. Hope you like it, right. you know. And yeah, you know, your same friends are going to be the same friends. Not much change, and man, I really hope you enjoy what you're doing there. Yeah. That's a lot of the people that I know from there, and that's fine if they're happy that way. It's yeah. just, I was never that guy. I liked to where where
0: I came from. People lived there, but they didn't work there. You know that the community is where where your house was. But you know, commuting an hour plus to go to work—that that was like the common. If you if you wanted to get, if you want to get—I don't want to call it a real job, but I mean, if you want to get, uh, if you want to do something different, if you want to get, because I mean, again, we're a small town, we're limited as to as to what's there, and so uh, if you wanted to to have opportunity. Um, you, know, you were you were driving. Yeah, yeah, you know. and we—I think our closest big city was two hours away. Nashville yeah. was the closest. So
1: I mean, wow. even people you know that wanted to get out was really gonna have to yeah. really get out. We basically. were uh and Paducah was like where I'm from Benton originally, and that's like a—it was definitely a town at the time. You know, just nothing really there right. when I was growing up, and it's grown a lot now. Um, uh, they got wet. Uh so now they, you know, a lot alcohol. They just got on that board like, probably 10 years ago, you know, which oh, is fun. Um, you know, they weigh that long. I don't know, not my business anymore. <laughs> but anyway, you know, but the economy seems to be growing there and stuff like that. But whenever we were there in um you know, growing up a bit and like we always looked at, to Paducah as like the leader. That was the, and it right. wasn't anything. Like it right. didn't yeah. really have that many more opportunities to it. But then like once you move out of those areas, you're like, oh there's a whole other world out there like there's all sorts of possibilities and they're like really endless like you can do whatever you want if you're willing to sacrifice the life that you currently have type thing you have to be like all right
0: i can move from here and And it's it's interesting what travel will do uh to a person Mm -hmm. um you know when it was it was intriguing to us when we were when we were in stockton and and a lot of my friends were in stockton um stockton's a city of, uh, at the time period, maybe two hundred eighty thousand, but urban sprawl, I mean, fairly large. So Stockton was an older city. I mean, back in, the, uh, back in the 1800s and things of that nature. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I actually, I, there was a time period when Stockton was actually a little bit more important than San Francisco, um, you know, back in the uh, old west and things of that nature. But there was people that I met, that when I was talking to them, I was like, "Hey, yeah, you know, uh, go with my family down to Mexico." And they're like, "Oh man, that's cool." And then we're talking, and they're like, "They're like, yeah, I've never traveled." Okay. So to me, the concept of travel was another country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I'm talking to them, they're like, "Yeah, I've never really traveled." And then pretty soon, I'm I'm learning. It's like, no, they they meant they've never left the city of Stockton.
1: Well, then you have like, people that go travel and like so you'll have like people that take people on family like their families will go on family trips. Right. But you'll go for like a destination. Like yes. you go to a Disneyland or Disney World or you'll go to a movie or right. you'll go to a ice skating event or I don't know whatever it is. Yeah. But you don't actually go to the area and experience the Correct. area. Correct. You don't actually experience what is available in that right. area. You go to their first thing and then you leave. So you might travel but you don't really like travel like right, you exactly. actually experience the culture experience yeah. what it is and that's what really i think opens up the mind what you like kind and of that's right s- well like, like I, I tell
0: people are like yeah I've, I've traveled a decent amount and i'm like i've been in a lot of places i'm like but you can't count the layovers in the airport yeah you right. know because that's not that's not but seriously these people have never even left the city of stock i'm like so, so you've never been to lodi the next town over I'm like no I'm like blows my mind i'm like hey. and, and and you know if they're happy doing it it's like okay cool but
1: like do they even know how happy they are if they've never even ventured out you know that right. is that the question right. you know like, <laughs> do they even know like what what possibilities are even out there you know it's yeah. like that you contained yourself in this little box good for mm-hmm. you if you're cool with it but man what could you actually enjoy if you just right. stepped out you know in this or even thing, so.
0: or even just changing your world view. Yeah your your opinions on people in general i think yeah. every time i've moved away i've found a,
1: uh, myself like a lot more like i've taken the amount that i understand
0: about myself up a few levels every right because i've had to like reintroduce myself to exactly themselves. and that's where like i, I trained at a uh, school in mexico uh I trained at a judo school down there for a week yeah. and you know like I, said, I, I i spoke very little japanese they didn't speak any english i spoke very little spanish yeah. So, but it started off, you know, I, 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 did, I did enough to be able to say, uh, you know, I'm visiting and I would like to, to have the opportunity to train with you guys. And by the time we were done, by the time the end of the week came, I mean, man, we were having a blast. We, we had this weird language we were communicating with, you know, a mixture of everything from punting and grunting, you know, pointing and grunting, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like watching the old Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu TVs, you know? You know, and it's like. And uh, so, yeah, so it was, it was interesting in, uh, in that kind of stuff, because like I said, that the camaraderie mm-hmm. built even without having a tangible language that we could, you know, that by the time we were done, just from training alone, was outstanding. I mean, uh, it was it goes say,
1: like commitment of like I guess doing stuff together in a hard way, you know. Like build up a relationship, you know, and allow communication to flow through there somewhat, you know. Yeah, that
0: that was that, that, that was awesome. one of my one of my favorite experiences. Um, I I, I tried to train when I was in, it. I tried, um, until I saw it was going to be like a 70, 75 five dollar taxi ride to the uh, to the academy. So at that point, I was like, Yeah, no. you know, I, I don't have that much money to. That's one way. So it's going to be 150 bucks round trip, just in the taxi ride. I was like, that was, that was no, that's, that uh, that's too much. Sh- right so, but uh, yeah. Um, now you guys just joined the uh, Pedigo Daisy Fresh. Yeah, we're, uh,
1: we're under Chad Hawkins, which is, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, and Heath Pedigo, of course, and everything, uh, but Chad is actually the one that kind of connected dots for us, brought us okay. Um And it was like, we were under Eli Knight, which he's still like a big brother to me. And I still care about him a lot. And, uh, but you know, uh, he was my first instructor. And then like, I was with Pedigo after I left originally. So it's all kind of, kind of full circle, but just different circumstances and, and, um, you know, this time, whenever I go back to Pedigo, it was because like we had a room, you know, the birdhouse combat club that I've been working on for a year. Right. Um, we were looking for kind of a direction, you know, I didn't know which way it really wanted to go. Do we want to stay like kind of in this garage and just build up a small thing and just right. have a good time? Or do we want to have a really good time and help out the community and right. change things? And it was really up to them. I kind of talked to them about it for a while and tried to figure it out. And then, uh, I started making some phone calls just to some different people I trust in the community to, uh, to make like a, uh. You know, just get some guidance on like if I, if my people want to go up, cool. How do we do that? If they want to stay in this, in the garage, okay. What's your goals be then? You know, right. Just trying to kind of find our, uh, but uh, just trying to find a kind of find our place. Right. Right. So, I made a call to Chad, you know, because he had been a friend and like i have worked with him a little bit before. Never on the mats, coincidentally enough. I've uh, been under two of the other Pedagog Black belts before. Right. Okay. After they were, you know, before they were Black belts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. um, I was under uh, Clay Mayfield for a while and then Major Wilsey for a while. And then, uh, you know, where I moved down here, that's where I had switched off the affiliation because I had no training partners the way to train or, you know, for myself or anything.
0: So I had to join the gym. But uh, I think the first time I met, uh, uh, actually first time I ever heard of pedigo, um, one of my, one of my students, uh, students, friends, blue belts, uh, he's a blue belt now, uh, with us, uh, called coach. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and, uh, that's where it goes. So when he, when he bounces back and forth, his mom was still up there. And then, so, uh, part of the time he'd be up there and then we'd come back down. He'd be know tell us about training up there and, uh, you know, and then we were at, uh, was it two thousand and eighteen? I think we were at Master Worlds, uh, we made a couple introductions, so I got a chance to actually meet some of the guys from uh, from Pedigo, everything else, and then this time at Pans, the amount of Pedigo and Daisy Fresh patches Drawing and shirts fast. was was i mean a lot i mean it's growing fast i think they're
1: probably you know our team's probably one of the faster growing teams in america if not the fastest growing but right. i mean you look at what flow grappling's done for us Correct. and you look at what um you know pedigo's done for like george valderas and alejandro those guys that are like running the cameras and all that stuff like yeah. George's done fantastic on video editing and all that stuff and so he's just they've been pumping out a lot of good social media right. and making them relatable they're just yes. they're people and they come from crappy backgrounds like we all do or whatever you know and i think that you know that relatability is what kind of made people you know attracted to it yeah but man you're having people like i'm the first one i'm Almost 100 percent sure I'm gonna be the first pedagog affiliate with an actual building and everything down right. here in Florida. Nice. And uh, you know, so people they're that whole team, they're so excited to be a part of that that they're willing to train. We're willing to yeah. go compete everywhere, you know, underneath that banner and yell like crazy everywhere. And right. it just, it's a it's a different environment. I think the reason that they're growing as fast as they are on the way, you know, you see it from this year to the last, it's just blowing up. But well, and that-
0: coach coach, every time I mean when you know he's just like he's like, Dave, he goes they're just killers up there yeah you know, now coaches coaches i mean at the time period i mean coaches in like his uh you know like his 60s you know and so it, it's kind of he, he's a fun individual i mean he's be a, yeah that's he, a hard train up there he's it. an absolute kick that's you know amazing. and so like like with coach he's like man I, like he's pulled he's literally pulled stripes off his own belt <laughs> i mean <laughs> and so finally when uh, uh when covid hit and uh uh yeah, we had a small group of people in the academy. And I was like, you know what? I go, I don't know what the future brings coach. And this was already in the works and everything else. So I'm promoting your, you know, your blue belt. So because I mean, at this point, we don't even know what's about to happen in the world. Yeah. I'm like, so I'm not, I'm not taking my chances, you know, at this sure. point, because I, I missed out being able to promote a couple really good people within our academy. Co- coach, I, I was like, I'm not missing that opportunity with coach. Because there was another kid, that uh, I was just getting ready to promote him to, to his blue belt. He was getting ready to leave for the air force. And uh, uh, by our original talks, I still had two months before he was going to leave. And then one day he comes in and he's doing an open mat and he comes over, gives us a big hug. And, uh, I'm out. you know, and at that point in time, he's like, he's like, man, I just want to say thank you for everything you guys have done. But uh, you know, I'm out tomorrow. Man, so I hearted, so man. I go I go into the office and I'm literally scrounging to see if I even have anything a belt or whatever and I, I couldn't even find one um, and so but you know but he he ultimately ended up going to uh, to the air force he he went out to uh, to Italy got his blue belt while he was out there and uh, you know and so like the coach. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not missing that opportunity. Yeah. Um, but then, like I said it was cool though, because he goes up, and he's like, yeah, Dave, they're killers up there. Because they're just killers there, you know. And yeah, coach is such a uh, uh, animated character anyway. You know, <laughs> I got to meet this guy. He sounds great. Yeah, yeah can... unfortunately, we we I've seen him. I haven't trained with him in a while. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, Kobe was a real concern for him during uh, that portion yeah, with his age. Um, And and not, not just for him, but for other members of his immediate family. Yeah. So we, we, I've seen him, he's been back, but, uh, but we haven't had the opportunity to actually, you know, like, like train again with him. So, so I'm actually very happy that uh, I did get that chance to promote him before before all that stuff took place. Um, But yeah, I mean, he, he, he spoke really highly of the, uh, of the group up there and um, you know, like I've been a part of a few different
1: associations now. I've I've, I've been able to cross train a lot at different yeah. places, um, and you know, as far as like a team that like you know, as far as I'm sure you guys do wonderful here. I know I see like you guys endorse me. I've seen you guys at a bench. You guys are behind each other. It's great. Yeah. But like you know, there's not a lot. Of, it's it's kind of a small. Like it doesn't happen at every school. Like it you know, you like definitely definitely play. have that um instead it turns about the teacher caring more about his pocketbook or caring ter- ter- more about like oh well, this is just what it is like I te- i'm a teacher of jiu-jitsu or whatever right. and it's not what they love anymore yeah and, you know what happens to everybody about stuff sometimes it's gonna happen but yeah. what changes from the pedago thing or even what you got you still care 100 and you're still passionate about this and like that passion is like what drives pedago yeah. places like that to be a different breed, right. you know, like
0: you it's know. different. I, I was very concerned with because uh, I'm, I'm eight months in, nine months in to having quit my my real job. I mean, I still work part time. So, you know, I still have a, uh, a real safety net, yeah. so to speak. But I was a little concerned with uh, truly making the leap to where financially I rely on this to for my life or for my livelihood. Um, you know, I was very concerned about that, you know, because I'm I'm, I'm one of those where I, I I made a promise to myself probably 20 plus years ago that I don't want to ever make a decision in this building based on money. Yeah. You know, I do I don't if if I'm having issues with somebody and I need to ask them to leave, then it's time to go. If I want somebody to come in and train and you know they don't have the money they don't have the finances or anything else i don't want let's work it out let's I don't want out. money to be yeah. the to be the driving factor sure. um and I, I sure as heck you know i told myself I, I will never promote somebody simply because and we've had them where they're like well if my kid doesn't get promoted then we're I'm out. yeah hey, sorry yeah but it's, there's it's the door and sorry you feel that way you yeah, know but but made that promise a long long time ago that uh that money should not be i mean it, it is a business and it has to pay its own bills and it has to pay its rent and it has to it otherwise it doesn't survive
1: yeah
0: um so it's it's always it is it, writing this very interesting um you know balance
1: um i'm not a business person i'm all way right. too nice and i think you're probably one of those type of people so yeah. it's like it's naturally difficult for us to actually want
0: oh, to like I, get that money
1: you know what i'm saying like i, the- I, I can I teach every all day every day for free really
0: in, in the beginning you know, um it was my day job that made any of it possible i mean because literally i mean we were we were paying most of it out of pocket yeah um most of it was out of pocket um because of you know I'm just trying to make it easier, you know I soon as soon as you, soon yeah. as somebody would be like oh man but then but then man it's tough though because you know they give you that sob story and they tell that stuff and then every another one every day they're coming in with the starbucks yep. and you're like dude. Like, so those things are like seven dollars <laughs> i'm working uh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm working you know 40 hours of overtime this month to to keep the lights on and, and, and you're get, coming in here giving me soft stories and starbucks about and how out. how you can't pay how about you get that normal covered folder <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's it's always that delicate balance but hey, we're coming up on time to uh get out there and train So uh, why don't you give Give the people your shout-outs and uh, like if uh how, how they can contact you if they are in the area, and want to come by, check out your school. Fantastic. Man. So I mean, just uh real briefly, you know, uh of course
1: I'm Jeremy Michael Bird. You'll find me on Facebook, um Bird Smash on Instagram, uh PSF uh underscore Ocala uh or uh, PSF underscore or PSF Ocala underscore the birdhouse rather. Man, I got that wrong like, three <laughs> times. Look at me go. Um, so on Instagram, I just changed it recently, so that's awesome. Yeah, whatever. But either way, we're pretty easy to find on there. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we've got, we're running out of a garage right now. We've been uh, training out of a garage and, and, and pushing it pretty hard out of there. Um, but we are working on a uh, building where we're gonna have plenty of mat space and everything in Ocala, Florida. Um, hopefully, gonna have people like David and everybody around the area coming and train. Um, we yeah, we're looking to forward to it. Here. It's gonna be awesome. We uh, we just want to be a part of this culture down here and and help out the whole community, help out our community, get people moving, and uh, that's it. So, uh, shout shout out to uh, Chad Michael Hoggins, my black belt, and, uh, the Pedigo team for uh, you know getting me in there, and man, I've. I, Fully love what's happening and I'm super excited for the future, man. It's gonna be great. Nice, man. That's yeah. gonna be awesome.
0: So uh we're gonna wrap this one up. So for our listeners out there, my uh my handful of listeners out in Italy, I got family out in uh montalto I just uh just above Cadenza. So uh, you know, bye Zan, we're good. All right, see you guys. Thanks a lot, brother. That was awesome, man. Thank you for listening to the Submission Coalition podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe us on your favorite platform to make sure you don't miss out on any of our newest interviews. And be sure to check out our back catalog of incredible guests. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and keep your eye out for our YouTube channel coming soon. Special thanks to our sponsors, Pretty Dangerous Women's Jiu-Jitsu, Cards Against Consciousness, the first jiu-jitsu training card game of its kind that we know of. Special shout out to Dark Wolf MMA, and all of our fellow werewolves for your support. And last but not least, we've got merch coming out soon so you can proudly represent that you're a member of the coalition. And remember, there are no jazz hands in jiu-jitsu, only spear fingers. See ya.